All right. Let's begin with um, just a recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha with the intention that we start uh, this majlis with you know, Allah's blessings and that may He place the light of His knowledge into our hearts, inshallah. Okay, so welcome back and uh, thank you, Rayana, once again for bringing us together. Uh, I miss this, Saraha. Miss seeing all of you and, you know, there's something special about just sitting and, and talking about the Quran, talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, that we all need, you know, this is an important uh, requirement that is difficult to find these days you know you have a lot online but like physical presence is uh, on a different level you know like when when you have that uh, luxury so it is a blessing alhamdulillah so i thought inshallah as we progress we're going to be looking at different surahs of the quran but i felt today was a good kind of refresher to step back and look at the broader picture so that when we study different surahs of the quran we're all on the same page and we understand what's happening, okay? Because the Qur'an is um, it's a pretty big ocean of knowledge, صح? very difficult to grasp and say, I get the Qur'an. It's not possible, right? It's 600 pages, so much wisdom, so much simplicity yet complexity, you know, it's like a mix of both. Um, and so much beauty and so much depth also. And so I wanted to discuss the topic of objectives. You know, Allah in Surah Al-Takwir or Surah Al-Infatar, He says, uh, right at the conclusion of the Surah, He asks a question. He says, فَأَيْنَ تَذْهَبُونَ So where are you going? Where are you heading? That's, it's a beautiful ayah actually, right? Like It's an ayah on its own, just the sentence itself. So where are you going? Because sometimes in life, we get carried away by life, right? And life is taking us wherever, you know what I mean? And so it, for us, it becomes so automatic for us to just go day by day and be reactionary and not even stop and think, what am I doing? Where am I going? What's the point? You know, uh, is, this what I, is this where I really want to go? Or am I being pressured to do this? Or am I being forced to do this? Or I'm, am I just too lazy not to think about it? You know, So it's a very deep question that people often are too busy to think about even these days. Where am I heading? Where am I going? And so that's the question Allah asked us in the surah. And um, you know, there's a big difference between the word means and the end. The means and the end. Or the Arabic al Ghaya al Wasila. What's the difference between al Wasila and al Ghaya? The means and the end. So for me to come here today on time, which I didn't come on time, was the goal. It was al Ghaya. The objective was to come here on time. What was the Wasila? How did I come here? 
car, put a reminder, calendar, planning, you know, having dinner on time and all of that. So, trick question, what's more important, al-ghaya or al-wasila? The objective or the means? Any other views? Means? So the means is more important than the goal. The goal is more important than the means. Uh huh. Okay. So as long as, as long as I'm enjoying the journey, doesn't care where I end up. So I get there, bilhalal, bilharam, bilbog, billos, adi. So the the answer is uh, both are important. Yeah. I gave you a hint. I told you it's a trick question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> actually, in Islam, both are criti- equally important. Okay. Um, but we live in times where we are so carried away by just the the means, al-wasail, and we rarely think about the goals, the objectives, especially when it comes to you know rituals. Islamic rituals, practice, parents are f- telling their children, pray, 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 or read Quran, or fast, or go do Umrah, you know, so it's, it's about doing certain things, the how, right, or the what you need to do, we rarely think about why, we focus on what needs to be done, not why, okay, uh, like when was the last time you heard your parents ask you, why did you pray today? Usually the question is, did you pray today, right? Yeah. So, it's all about, do you pray? Okay, khalas. But why? What's the goal? Did you achieve the objectives? No one really cares about. You know? And I believe that one of the reasons why a lot of people today are not interested in Islam is because the why and the maqasid or the objectives aren't clear. And when the maqasid are not clear, then the means will make no sense. And this is completely normal for human logic. There's no point for me to drive today if I didn't have a destination. If I didn't know I was coming here, what's the point of driving? You know? So, what comes first, al-ghaya or al-wasila? Now, we said both are important. But what would be... What, what needs to be clarified first? The goal, the objective should be clear and then how do I do it? So that's the sequence here. And that's where I think yani, society gets it wrong. We focus on the, the, the means first. We rarely talk about the goals. And we assume everybody knows and nobody knows. Okay? So today's uh, entire topic is going to be about the, the why, yeah? the maqasid. Okay? If this allows us to. Okay. So the word for objectives in Arabic, al-maqasid. We say it in bil-ammi ash-qastich. You know, what do you mean? What's between the lines? Right? And so Allah uses this word um, in this uh, beautiful ayah in Surah Al-Nahl. 
And it is upon Allah to direct you to the purposeful path. The right way or the or the way where there is a qasd, there is a maqsad, there is a purpose. Okay, it is upon who? Upon Allah to guide you to the path with purpose. Waminha ja'ir means and among the path, among the other paths, there are those that will that are that will deviate deviate you, it'll take you off track. So what is Allah saying here is without the objective being clear to you, without you following a path of objective, there is a fear of falling into the ja'ir, the, the deviating paths. Okay? Because the objective is not clear for you. And then in the other uh, ayah in Surah Luqman, Luqman as a father, by the way, if you ever want to um, study parenting in the Quran, read Surah Luqman because it's the story of a father giving advice to his son. Luqman being the, the wise father giving advice to his son. And so one of the pieces of advice he gives is, Waqsid fi mashik. One of the meanings of that is, be purposeful in your walk. Meaning, whatever you do, know your purpose before you go there. Don't just blindly walk. And everything you do, ask yourself why. Why am I doing this? Check your intention. Get your objective right. What is the purpose? It's, it's a beautiful piece of advice. Uh, and the entire book can be written just about this waqsid fi mashik. Don't live a life with no purpose. Don't follow other people blindly. Don't just, out of peer pressure, just follow the crowd. Waqsid fi mashik. Have purpose in your walk. Okay? That's one interpretation. There are others also. Right? Um, Meaning, another different interpretation that you'll find in tafsir of this is walk moderately, and not too arrogantly, and not too over humble also. You know, some people exaggerate their humility. They walk like this, and you know. So it's not too arrogant and not too over humble. Walk, waqsid, be muqtasid, be economical, be average and wasati, you know, like balanced. But I, I was referring to this, or I chose this ayah for this topic because waqsid fi mashik is in line with our topic of objectives. And then the third one, which is a it's a qa'ida amma, it's like a general rule of the Qur'an that Allah does not want difficulty for you, He wants ease. Yureedu Allahu bikum al-yusr. So Allah is actually telling you the objective of everything, this, this deen. Objective of Islam in one sentence is Allah wants ease for you. He doesn't want difficulty for you. Uh, why did he send prophets and messengers to different people, different times, different places? He wants to make your life easy, not difficult. That's the short answer. All the other lessons will come under this umbrella. Allah wants ease for you. He doesn't want difficulty for you. Isn't that amazing? Like This is like the start. So how does that make you feel when, you, when Allah tells you that? Allah wants ease for you, He doesn't want difficulty for you. Yeah, it comforts you, right? Like, and it, there's a sense of, wow, Allah wants ease for me, therefore He must love me. Right? So, and yani, He could have said, يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمْ الْيُسْرِ Full stop. Allah wants ease for you. 
But why did he also clarify what he does not want for you? Well, to emphasize that, listen, any difficulty, it's not what Allah wants. Don't ever think that deen is difficult. Don't ever think that Allah wants you to go through difficulty for the sake of going through difficulty. You know? Which makes us understand, sometimes Allah makes us go through difficulty short term for long term ease. Okay? That the objective is ease. That's that short term struggle is necessary. Like anything in life. Yani. You want to drive safely on the road, you have to go through the discomfort of having a trainer, like, you know, do the driving test and the theory and the practice. Everything in life, after a little bit of discomfort comes ease. Yeah, but it's the objective Allah saying everything is meant to make your life easy. And so, another really amazing thing about this topic of maqasid is who's the sen- who's the hero? Like, who is the main role? It's you, yeah. Every single one of us is the central creation of Allah. For which all of these maqasid, we're going to be talking about different types of maqasid today. Okay? It's a pretty, like I'm warning you, it's, it's a dense topic, yani, deep topic. Yeah? But inshallah it will be beneficial. What I'm trying to say is, all of these maqasid, guess who all of it is for? You. That's how special you are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how honorable you are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how beloved you are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. Yes. Why would we say? Eh, so the root word "qast" has different meanings. One of the meanings is purpose. The other, other meaning is balance and e- economy. You know. Uh, so wh- wh- how would you bring order into it? An order as in like a practice, like pray, walk this way, you know Could be, yeah. I mean, the Quran, the beauty of the Quran is it can be seen in different lens and different ways. Absolutely. There's no right or wrong way. Yeah. But, yani, absolutely. Yeah, you can be creative with it. That's That's one of the beauties of the Quran. So... So you are, this is all about you, right? That's how honorable Allah made you. Now, when it comes to the deen, a simple translation of Islam or the deen that we're talking about is a way of life. Don't think of it as a religion, think of it as a way of life. It's an approach to your life. It's an attitude towards life. It's a, actually, the best word I think for deen is a framework for life because it's not a framework is just general guidelines which means does it allow room for for flexibility creativity adaptation yes or no yeah Yeah, absolutely so it's a framework why do we need a framework 
Yeah, otherwise, imagine there's no framework for driving on the road. There's no system. Chaos, huh? Imagine there's no system in your workplace. No policies, no procedures, no CEO, no authority. Imagine there's no system to run a government. Imagine there's no system to run your home. Your child thinks they're the boss. You know? Muffy, yeah, Muffy, sleeping time, waking up time, going to sleep, Muffy. Imagine there's no order or nizam or system in school. Just everything. And just a side note, yeah, and once I think many, many years ago in New York City, there was uh, a total blackout. Uh, for about two hours. And they say that, I think, forget if the number was six or nine billion dollars worth of theft was committed just during those two hours. Because the lights went off, cameras were off, the human beings they took advantage of lack of order but imagine what will happen to this world with no order with no system with no framework that's why deen is uh, a logic it's a logical requirement of humanity there is logic in it and lack of order means chaos nobody likes chaos yeah and it makes sense logically for a creator who loves you to give you the perfect framework and system. Versus human beings trying to come up with their own formula and their own framework. Who would do a better job? Of course, Allah, right? If he created you, he would know better for you. Okay, so... One dimension of the framework is how we deal with Allah, our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Like what are the goals? We're talking about goals today and objectives. What are some of the goals about Allah between us and Allah? The second dimension is the, the world, yeah. You guys can anticipate, yes, now? <laughs> Good, the world, which includes the people and in it, and it includes the earth in itself, the environment, animals, everything. And uh, we have like a, there's like a dual dimension here, right? Yes, Allah and creation. Creator, creation. Um, makes sense, right, the balance? Is it complete or is there something missing? Yes, very good. Mashallah Noor. So, the self. This is also something that يعني, Allah gave us a nizam. I just want the boon. Allah gave us a nizam. Not just for. Um, Not just for our relationship with Allah, not just for our relationship with people and humanity and earth, but also maqasid for ourselves, like goals for ourselves. Which is, is it a forgotten topic today, these days? Yes. Right, big time. Yeah. 
And that's why you end up with people uh, losing their minds, mental health issues, going crazy, depression, not able to control their thoughts, emotions, and all sorts of roller coasters going on internally. Which, by the way, does it affect everything else? Of course. Yeah, it's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect everything. So when it comes to maqasid and frameworks, Allah has given you, Allah's taken care of all three dimensions. So when it comes to the framework for, I would say, ex- external life, okay? The external life, which means your dealings with others, society, community, the earth, as well as your bodily kind of requirements. I would say Islam is kind of like that aspect of it. Our relationship with Allah and the maqasid that have to do with our relationship with Allah is what Iman is mostly about. Okay, what are the objectives of Iman? And then the maqasid of the self, who can guess what's the, what's the term used for that? Ihsan, okay, Ihsan. And... Um, I've mentioned this before, I'll mention it again. One of the most uh, popular hadiths that are out there um, is the hadith of Jibreel, it's called. Where one day, uh, the Prophet was sitting with the companions and Jibreel shows up in the form of a man, a stranger. And he asks the Prophet in front of everybody, he sits in front of him, knee to knee, like tahat al-ard, sitting directly in front of the Prophet ﷺ and, and literally examining the Prophet ﷺ with three questions mainly. There were was, there was more questions, but three primary questions. What is Islam? What is Iman? What is Ihsan? So these three terms come from that hadith. You know, they're not made up. And, and the order is also that way. Islam, Iman, Ihsan. And, and the Prophet ﷺ answered each one of those three questions. What do you think he responded to with uh, what is Islam? What was his response? Any other guesses? Okay. Okay. So um, he responded with the five pillars of Islam: shahadatain, salah, zakah, saum, and hajj. When asked about iman, what did he respond with? Yes, the the six pillars of faith. Yeah. What are they? Iman Billah, number one. Malaikatihi, the angels. Kutubihi, the books. Rusulihi, prophets. Yawmil Akhir, yeah, the day of judgment. And then the last one, six. Al Qadr, Khairihi wa Sharra, like destiny and fate. The six, sorry. Qadr would mean. Predestination, you can call it, yeah? It's a big topic, 
uh, that needs a separate discussion. But to sum it up, Qadr is whatever has been predestined for you. That's out of your control to change. There are things you can change in your life. There are things that you cannot change. Do you agree? So Qadr is about the thing that you can't change. Yeah. And uh, when he was asked about, Sallallahu was asked about Ihsan, he responded with the very famous answer. He said, to worship Allah as if you see him. And if you don't see him, then he sees you. please, sorry. Takhbar, alhamdulillah. That's okay. Twenty push-ups later. <laughs> Twenty push-ups. <laughs> uh, joking, joking. Um, so, what was the answer to Ihsan? Two things. And ta'bud Allah ka'annaka tarah, fa'in lam takun tarah, fa'innahu yarak. To worship Allah as if you see Him, and if you can't see Him, then He sees you. What do you notice The three answers Islam, Iman, Ihsan what, what do you notice in his response? Let me ask it in a different way Have you noticed a difference in his response In the last one Compared to the first two? Yeah. What's the difference? Yes. And then the last one is just like your behavior. Mm. Your personal, the last one is the self. Mm. It's more personal. Mm. It's mm. more on the inside. It's one on one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and the, the first and the second one were lists. The first one was a list of five things. Second one was a list of six things. The third one, there's no list. It's like a, it's an idea, right? It's, it's a mystery in a way. So we're not, we're not confined by any norms to exactly. visualize exactly. how we speak to But in the others, it's up to you. To yeah. You want to say something? Yeah. And Tahsun and Naj out of the three, which one is like the the more deeper kind of subject and talk? The last one, right? What would be the climax of the three? Yeah. Like the peak of it all, yeah. Yeah, the last one also. So the order also. It's like a pyramid, Yani. El base is Islam. Iman is the next step to qualify you for Ihsan. Very good question. Very good question. Yeah. 
a lot of people say, you know what, I've reached Ihsan, so I don't actually really need Islam. I'm okay. You know, I can, خلاص, I can skip to Iman and Ihsan. So we'll talk about your answer. Your question will be answered in the coming slides. Um, the short, the short answer for you is the sequence is essential. There is no Iman without Islam. There is no Ihsan without Iman. So there are like three rings that are connected to one another, right? Islam leads to Iman, leads to Ihsan. And you understand why. Yani I'm going to make it very logical today, inshallah, for you to understand this. So, um, So, um, for those of you who have come late, we're going to be talking about maqasid today, objectives. Okay, there's, dif there's different types of maqasid in our deen. We're going to be looking at three different angles. The maqasid that have to do with Islam, the maqasid that have to do with Iman, and the maqasid that have to do with Ihsan. Why are we talking about maqasid? Because knowing the goal or the objective is important it's yani, how can you even be motivated to progress if you don't know what the goal is maqasid okay. al-islam are also known as maqasid al-shari'a because if you think about what were the five pillars of islam salah, sawm, zakah what confines all of this? What's the framework for those things? It's Sharia, right? It's ahkam. How to do, what to do, when to do, you know, details. Fiqh related issues. Yeah. Um, so for maqasid al-shari'a, everything has to do with halal, haram, do's and don'ts, right? The ulama have identified five primary objectives that all of you need to memorize. Okay? There are five. The first one is Hafz ad-Din, preservation of life. Okay, uh, sorry, uh, preservation of faith. Okay, or or Hafz um, is more of like protection. Yeah, protection of your faith. That's the first primary um, objective of Sharia. Now, what does that mean? Can someone like? Try to guess what that means. What's the point? Yes, yes. And the fact that it, it yani the objective is health means that fi khatura and it can be violated. It can be. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's the it's uh, it's an idea, yani. I, I don't believe that it's true, you know. Yeah. 
That's a good question. Um, one of Allah's names is Al-Hafiz, right? The protector. Um, and in it, of course, is a sense of love, right? What do you protect, usually? What are, wh why are we protective of things that are precious and important and valuable to us? Yes, like your jewelry, like your passwords. Um, and at the same time, the, the fact that there is sharr is a reality. Like, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقَ You know, so there's external uh, evils, there's internal evils, which we'll talk about in a second. But I think it's a, it's a balance for a believer, right? Um, to seek protection from Allah at all times, but at the same time, not to be paranoid about the fact that, oh my God, I'm being attacked and I'm vulnerable and I'm weak and, you know. فيها شوية اتزان يبي لها you know uh, a balance yeah.
I fall, I'm gonna get whiplash thrown at the shore, I'm gonna stand up again. This high tayha bitawur, because you just need to stand humbly and just be like, I know, but I don't know. And actually, I don't know. So whatever comes with me is a nama. And if it was muzin, five nama. So this is what I tell myself, is that when things get hard, I forget the fact that they're And then you're like, well, it's because I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, give me a few years. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, The do's and don'ts, one of the objectives is Number one, okay? protection of your faith And the second one is protection of your life So things like uh, don't kill, don't give up and commit suicide uh, Take care of your health, eat you know, well-being Anything to do with consumption, don't harm yourself Right? La dharar wa la dirar. Don't harm yourself, don't harm others. Any, any substance, anything that you do to um, harm yourself is going against this maqsad, which is Allah wants you to protect yourself and your life and your well-being. Yeah? So anything that He told you to stay away from, that it's probably bad for you. Anything that He encouraged you to do is probably good for you. So you see where all the ahkam about consumption come and fit into this yeah hafdhal nafs that's the second one third one is hafdhal aql so anything that uh, so of course the encouragement to read and to think and to reflect at the same time any avoiding anything that will intoxicate you to liyudhab al aql basically in arabic right so that you're, you lose your mind basically that is where all the muharramat of the muskirat and all this come in because you need to protect your mind from intoxication yeah and uh, feed it with knowledge feed it with thought and wisdom and light yeah no it, it includes physical body absolutely yeah Yeah, generally, we'll talk about nafs specifically and when we get there, inshallah. Yeah? When I do this, you have to start making dua. Okay? Uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Okay, here we go. But yeah, I can move it. Okay. Because the USB thing is on the right, you know, so yeah, I was trying to keep it directed to me. But anyway, number four and number five are hafzal, four is progeny, hafzal nasl, al-Arabi progeny or lineage is an nasl. 
What is that referring to? Any guesses? What part of Sharia is there to protect our nestle, our lineage? Exactly. All the ahkam that have to do with marriage and relationships and hurmat zina and uh, child upbringing and tarbiya and usra and so family law basically. Yeah, that's one aspect of Sharia also that it came to give you a framework to guide you to have the optimal family structure and and uh, continuity of your nestle yeah which is also referred to as al-baqa because your progeny is what remains from you yeah. the fifth one is hafz al-mal all the rulings all the do's and don'ts of money don't commit fraud theft bribery uh, cheating, um, paying zakat, giving sadaqat, al-infaq, um, all financial kind of law, basically. So those are the five uh, maqasid al-shari'ah. You see how everything, every do and don't that you can think of, they fall in one of these five? Okay? I have a question about number four. Number four, yeah. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, yeah. So this is what sometimes I worry that things can be done for the wrong reasons, but it is correct. Mm. The surrender is the surrender. I mean, there could be someone, Muhammad Masihi, who's more Muslim than I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why that's why marriage with Ahl al-Kitab is allowed, eating their food is allowed, and that's so why. Of course, of course. Um, just for men, yes, correct. Yes. Um, yeah, yani, remember earlier we were talking about order and system and framework versus chaos. Yeah, this is a divine system framework that Allah has designed for our benefit you know 
um, versus human beings trying out different things that they think might work better. You know, so Allah is presenting His model, and it's a choice. Allah told you, "I want ease for you. I don't want difficulty for you." But it's a choice. You, know, you follow what uh, you feel is right. There's no pressure. There's no forcing. You know. فهاي المقاصد الخمس have you memorized them? حفظ الدين حفظ النفس what's the third one? حفظ العقل fourth one حفظ النسل and then حفظ المال المال all the do's and don'ts all the haram and the halal all the ahkam fit into one of these five this this يعني Yeah, think of think of any. Th can you think of something that doesn't fit? <laughs> any any <laughs> do's and don'ts. No, any from. And when it comes to dealing with others, worldly matters, external dealings, yes. This is dealings. Muamalat yeah. The the correct word would be muamalat, exchange and dealings with each others. Family, marriage, trade—you know—how um, you deal with your body, hatta, what you consume, how you dress—all everything to do with your body and dealings with others. That's what this is about. Maqasid. When it comes to iman, there's also maqasid. Okay, let's hope we can get there. Okay, I'll just do all of them. So for now, only these three are coming. Have you heard of the term aqeedah? Yes, it's creed, it's faith, it's belief, a lot of these things. Yeah, most of them, different words for the same thing. Um, some people think aqeedah is in the mind. But... One of the best definitions of aqeedah I found was al which is the inside of the heart which is al-basirah al-basirah to see with the, with your heart that's what this this is about yeah to see with your heart you can see with your eyes and you can see with your heart al-iman strengthens when you are able to see more with more clarity with your heart when Allah gives you basira, insight, okay. And what do you? What is the? maqasid? Some they call it maqasid al-tawheed. Some they call it maqasid al-aqidah. There are technical terms, but the objectives of faith. Shunuhma. Why do we need to believe in one God? What's the point of believing in one God? You know, is it just believing in one God, or is it more? Is there more to it? Taban, there is more to it, right? So the first thing that I've mentioned there is Al-Ma'rifat Knowing who God is right? Ma'rifatullah In English, gnosis Knowledge of the reality of God That is one of the objectives of this category And how do we know Allah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala Asma'ah Those are the keys the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
and of course the Quran by how Allah speaks about himself in the Quran yeah so Allah introduced himself to us through the Quran and so knowledge of God which leads to love of God that's one of the objectives of this ilm this category or this uh, aspect there is also um, one of the objectives this is submission or surrender we were talking about this earlier right when when you have faith then you become more accepting and you have the sense of surrendering yeah because again basira it comes down to your insight when you have insight you know that Allah there's love everywhere when you have insight you know that everything is in Allah's hands therefore I surrender everything will be taken care of by Allah I can trust him that deep knowing that deep insight gives you that sense of surrendering and peace can you think of the other six uh, the other three sorry while they come yeah let's see who can guess <laughs> okay so humility What's the difference between submission and humility? Lish mayas bin Lithnana. Axel arrogance, you know? Exactly. Not seeing yourself as better than others. And this is what Ubudiya refers to, right? Abdullah. Like especially when we do sujood and salah. You're practicing these actions, right? The, the bowing down, the sujood. These are all actions that train you to become more humble, that train you to be more accepting, that train you to be more submissive. Okay? Externally and internally. Yani salah is an exercise where everything is going on. You're using your tongue, you're using your body, and you're using your mind, you're using your emotions simultaneously. Yeah? To train yourself to connect with these ideas. superiority yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we all have that divine yes, yes. 
exactly. Yeah, you didn't do anything to deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Even if you did, like even if I worked so hard to get my mm. education, you mm. can I had worked as hard as me, but they didn't. So I was killed to fig my Rabbi Even if I tried, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And then reverence, you know reverence, Yani. يعني declaring his عظمة, his majesty, his glory, his جلال. Uh, reverence means deep respect, you know, which is different, which is different objective of this aspect of Allah. Um, so you love Allah, but you also deeply respect Him, you know, and that's. That's why he's referred to as Dhul Jalali wal Ikram. That's the balance, right? Jalal is the reverence aspect, and Ikram is his loving aspect, giving aspect, his compassion, right? The love aspect. They need both. Al Jamal wal Jalal. And. Um, Viewing Allah as the king, the authority also. That's what gives you a sense of khushu and salah, right? Like you're standing in front of the king. Yes, I love him. But I also have this khushu, this khashya of standing in front of him. You know? That's another objective. And um, sincerity, which is al-ikhlas bil Arabi. أن نتخلص من كل شيء في قلوبنا غير الله. Okay, think of إخلاص as نتخلص من كل شيء في قلوبنا غير الله. And of course, Surah Al-Ikhlas is the surah for this aspect. Uh, this entire section we're talking about, Iman. What's the surah in the Quran for it? Surah Al-Ikhlas. قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد. The, the scholars say that this is one third of the Quran. Now you see why? Because it's one third of the, the whole triad that we're working on. Right? And it's called Surah Al-Ikhlas. Although, although in the Surah there's no mention of the word Ikhlas. Why is, there, why is it called Surah Al-Ikhlas? Hmm, yalla. To the source, to the source of everything. Hey. He's the source of everything, therefore, only by attaching yourself to Him and detaching from everything else will you truly become clean on the inside. Yani since all detachments. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll do them, inshallah, inshallah. Yeah. In, with the lens of this, though, I wanted to start big picture and then go and study this so that you can see how it fits into the puzzle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely. So number seven, it's not coming up. Whenever it comes up, it's can, any guesses? Sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Another ayah explains this ayah. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ There's nothing like him. He's unique. He is... There's nothing equal to him, nothing like him, you know? Inshallah, when we study it, we'll go into the details of the word itself. But that's the shallow translation there's nothing like him so whatever you can think of that you think is him is not him that's al-qaida the tawheed When you said this, it just made like Surah mm. Al-Ikhlas, exactly. 99% yes. is as good as 0%. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, Iblis said to Allah, I will for sure misguide all of them, except from your ibad, those who are detached from everything besides you. And it also falls in line with La ilaha illallah. It's it's again maqsad, it's a goal. Yeah? So you strive towards it. Anyone who claims it Mushkila <laughs> Yeah, so you you always be careful of beware of the maker of claims. And you can't claim to be detached. You can't claim to be humble. You can't claim to have no arrogance. Then the claim itself gives you some sort of arrogance. <laughs> you can't claim I have no, I have no dunya in my heart. <laughs> so uh, what was number seven? Any guesses? Six was sincerity, seven was freedom. Okay. Lish freedom, it's a consequence of sincerity. And when I remove everything besides Allah from my heart, that is when I truly become free because now I don't need anybody. And that's the meaning of a samad for Surah Al Ikhlas. A samad means the one who is enough for you. The one who is enough for you is Samad. Yeah? He ne yani you need him for everything. He needs you for nothing. That's the reality of a Samad. Can I ask a question about this? Yes. The freedom part. I think a lot of us maybe have that intention inside us, but the challenge is like when people around you. So if someone says that they don't care about money, for example, their 
If a good questions, Mashal, very good. Um, just uh, one side point: Detat- detached doesn't mean disconnected. Yani, for the Prophet our example, he was detached from the world completely and from people, but extremely engaged with people. You know, for he was connected, and he had his followers, the Sahaba, and he had his enemies, and he was engaging with both, right? And for Yani, and uh, engaging with your enemies is part of the test of life also yeah, you know he, and, and and his own family was against him and you know all sorts of drama happened in his life uh, there's a lot to learn from his life and how to deal with people and how to be detached uh, hey why not inshallah 
بس حب المنزله عند الناس is one of the idols of the heart حب المنزله عند الناس مو بالناس بس حب المنزله right so you want a status in, in people you seek you're obsessed with how people view you obsessed with people giving you that rank or that status فهذه مرض it's a مرض Um, let's let's close inshallah for the third dimension khalasna maqasid al-shari'a khalasna maqasid al-aqidah or tawheed now we come to the third aspect which is ihsan maqasid al-ihsan and so the first one is knowledge of the self there's a hadith of the prophet man arafa nafsah arafa rabbah And this goes back to the question that uh, I think Mashal asked. Mashal, why did I say huh? But you asked earlier, nafs, what is it? This is what we're going to talk about now. Okay, فَهْنَاكَنْ Nafs in the meaning of life and your well-being. But here, nafs as in, we'll, we'll look at it in more detail. knowledge of the self, what is the difference between the ruh, the heart, al-basira, nafs, all of the inner sciences of, of the the human being now لتلاحظون Islam and Sharia was more of like external body and dealings with people صح? Allah and the self are two sides of the same coin that have to deal with the الباطن then البصيرز the heart's inside is in the باطن So is all of this Ihsan topic that we're going to talk about, right? So we have two names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Zahir and Al-Batin. So Islam is dealing with the Zahir, Aqeedah and Ihsan, or Iman and Ihsan is dealing with the Batin. Okay, and both are extremely uh, important. All right? Okay, so muamalatich ma'annas. This is external. This is um, the way you dress, what you eat, uh, dealings with money, ashya that are more about practical do's and don'ts, muamalat, contracts. You can see this stuff, right? It's you can see it with your own eyes. Most of this stuff. Ah, as as his name, what it means. If again, it's a huge topic, but one of the meanings is that you can see him in. Like there's an ayah in the Quran, "Sanurihim ayatina fil afaqi." So you can see his signs externally. He is Zahir. He is man- manifest externally in everything around you. And at the same time, you can see him and know him from the inside. Yeah, but it's a good question. Yeah. Um, 
And another way that the Quran terms this dichotomy is Alam al ghaybi wa shahada. Alam al ghayb wa shahada. Al ghayb is the unseen, and shahada is what you can witness with your own senses. So the Islam aspect of it is you can witness it, you can witness a marriage, you can witness a business deal, you can witness people going to Hajj or Umrah and praying, you know, these are all Shahada, it's your day-to-day dealings. Al-Ghayb is Allah, and there is no faith without uh, Ghayb, by the way. Right? What, what would be the point of faith if you could see Allah? So the whole point of faith is it's unseen. It's blind faith. So, um, so Ihsan is the inner aspect of you, the inside of you now we're talking about here. And by the way, Ihsan and Iman are two sides of the same coin, like we said. Notice the hadith. What is that indicating to us? Yes. Where do you begin? What would you start with? Knowing God or knowing yourself? Yes. And the man arafa nafsa natija arafa rabba. So the the path to Allah is inside out. Yes. Next slide. Yalla, ya pointer, yalla, ya pointer. Okay, Tazkiyat al-Nafs. One of the objectives of Ihsan is Tazkiyat al-Nafs. How many stages of the Nafs are there? Primarily three, but if you want to segment them, there are seven. Al-Nafs al-Ammara bisu, the lowest one, the commanding, the evil Nafs. We're answering your question now, right? You move on to Al-Nafs al-Lawama, the blaming Nafs. Okay, you're in between. Ba'deen, as you purify it, becomes Al-Nafs al-Mulhama. فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَهَا The inspired nafs. And then you enter into the next level nafs, which is, inshallah, all of our goals. And nafs al-mutma'inna, the tranquil or the peaceful nafs. And then from the mutma'inna, nafs al-radiyya, the satisfied, al-rida, maqam al-rida, samuna. You're satisfied with everything. You have no complaints anymore. And then the sixth is al-mardiyya, the one who, the nafs whom Allah is satisfied with and people are satisfied with. And then the last one is al nafs al-kamila, which is the Prophet ﷺ, which is yani, reserved for him as a status and it's a objective. And there is, a, 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 there is an opinion that um, some women reach this level. Maryam salam, uh, based on a hadith of women who reached al-kamal. Maryam salam. I think uh, Asya, Pharaoh's wife, Khadija, and Fatima, I believe. Yani. I'm just curious, that's for them, was it 
والله تشوفي تشويس تشوزن از بروفيت هود استفاء يكون يوجلي فور بروفيتس اونلي بس فور ذي ورنت ذي ورنت بروفيتس بس ذي ور ذي ور يس You can ask her in Jannah, inshallah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, imagine being the wife of Pharaoh, yeah. And to stay in a Islam. Imagine, like, yeah, how much she faced. Yeah, I'm pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she was different level, yeah. I mean, she used to pray and food would show up. Literally, man. Food would show up, yeah, like while she's praying, yeah. Zakaria would walk in and he'd ask her, where, where, where's that food from? So... Exactly, in mahrab. Shway, shway, I'm, I'm going to start keeping going up. Okay. All right. The other three, uh, sorry, other four. So, Tazkiyat al-Nafs is a maqsad of al-Ihsan. It's a goal. For all of us, these seven maratib or six maratib, that's the goal, right? قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَ وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ Allah says. Those who have purified this nafs have won, and those who have suppressed the nafs have lost. The next one is a result of purification of your nafs. What happens to your heart? Gets purified from the diseases of the heart. Shuna disease of the heart. Hasad, jealousy, envy, arrogance, hatred, ujb, um, self-obsession, narcissism, riya, um, showing off, you know, so many diseases of the heart. But that's one of the objectives of Ihsan. And then soul liberation. We'll talk about this in the next slide. V- values and service. You become, يعني right? You now contribute to, you're a contributor to humanity. You no longer obsess about what's in it for me. It's about what can I contribute. Then you're fulfilled from the inside. But Contribution flows out of you naturally, and then character, of course, al-akhlaq. Okay. Shraikum fil maqasid. Yeah, it's, this is the framework. Yeah. And, uh, يعني, um, each one of them is like a study on its own. Let's very quickly just to answer Mashal's question in more depth. And I wanted to talk to you about liberation of the soul. What does it actually mean? Very simply, this is how I teach my kids. Eight-year-olds can understand this. You have two elements. You have an earthly element, clay, right? You've made, you're made of earthly clay, teen, with worldly desires, animalistic desires that pull you down. And then you have an, an, a, a divine aspect of you, which is the ruh. This is blown into you. This soul, the spirit is blown into you by Allah. This has a 
angelic kind of force upwards. Fashayr fi conflict, fi clash. There's a battle going on. Where is the battleground? The heart. The heart is the battleground. What you Fihail struggle, whoever wins gets to take over the heart. The nafs is not, you're, you're unable to tame your nafs and it's pulling you down, then guess what happens to the heart? It gets corrupted and diseased. Bishahawat and shubuhat, primarily two things. What are they? Temptation and desires slash doubts. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, it's the balance. The idea is not to fly fog. Exactly. Absolutely. 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 We take care of, of course, our, our animalistic needs food, drink, sleep, shelter, sex, reproduction. is fine. And Allah gave us a framework for that, right? In the Islam aspect, in maqasid, getting married, you know, and all the different things. What to eat, what not to eat, what to drink, what not to drink. The um, soul liberation is not necessarily in the khalas, Good point. It's not about flying up and staying up. It's about detaching from the world, but living in the world. And, and يعني, there were three sahaba who went extreme one of them stopped he said I will never get married the other said I will never eat I basum exactly every day he would fast never eat and then the third one says sorry the first one he said I will not get married the second said I will not I will fast every single day and the third says I will wake up for tahajjud every night yani i will sleep very little and just pray all night long but they went extreme when the prophet found out he called them in and he told them i am your prophet i get married i wake up for uh, tahajjud but i also sleep i fast and i eat also Fa chill out yeah basically don't go extreme don't Very good, very good. You're reading my, يعني, you're, you're reading my mind, and that's exactly what we want to talk about. Next time we should, يعني, hook, hook up, gabal, or design the slides. Hey, I'll use her mind, and خلاص. man. Sorry, على technical thing. I'm just gonna, sorry, but yeah, عشان خلص, okay? So, um, so these two forces, the battleground is the heart. Now, what's so amazing about this whole thing is, um, شنو الغالب اليوم? What's like more what's the default the downward force or the upward force downward. 
downward, right? By far. Yani that's the default, that's the environment we live in, that's the society we live in. But what's required from us to do to discipline the nafs, notice it's not eliminating the nafs. It's disciplining the nafs. Yeah? What's required from us is to hold back from certain things. To do things that you that your nafs doesn't like, things that are uncomfortable to, for you to do. Which is referred to as jihadun nafs usually. Yeah. But then, what are some of the things? Iqamat salah. Why did I put the word iqama there? Because if you notice, prayer is also up there, which we'll talk about later. But why iqamat salah? Shil fark bin salah and iqamat salah. Good, that's part of it. On time, consistent, uh, quality. Yani khushu and all that kind of stuff, okay? Does that require discipline or not? Yes. <laughs> of course. Yani subhanAllah, my teacher, he told me that uh, the process of iqamat al-salah starts from the moment you hear the adhan. It's like a, a reminder, now, okay, time to shut down. Go start making wudu. Be conscious of your wudu. Prepare. Read your sunnah. Wait for the iqama. Go to the masjid for meals. Wait for the iqama. Pray. But yeah, be like preparation. Yani, you know, like it, that's iqama. And it requires discipline. It requires extreme time management. Sp- speaking of yani, work, yani, extreme, extreme. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it brings me back to what Tanu said about um, like because there's so many choices. Like I think it happens to me sometimes where I'm like, oh yeah, I was totally zoned out. Like, yeah, ma kan fi niya hagir wudu. You know what I mean? And then at some point, like one time, it actually happened that like I was watching a video on WhatsApp, and then I re- realized, okay, like I don't think you can do that while you're having wudu. Like I think it's like upsetting it, you know what I mean? Like, mm. there's no rule against it, but it's very obvious that mm. it's not working, but it's so difficult in our life in a way to, yeah. to do that, so it just feels like you can't really get it right, yeah. so then it's like, how do you actually have the discipline, you know? Yeah, it's a struggle, it's a struggle. That's why, yani, the nafs needs this taming, it's not easy. Fasting, it's going against your appetite, yani. The default is to eat and drink, fasting, yeah. You're holding back. Yeah. All of these are like, you know, when you're riding a horse and you're pulling the reins, the disciplining the nafs is like pulling the reins. The nafs wants to go. It doesn't want to pray. It doesn't wake up. It doesn't want to wake up for fajr. It doesn't want to fast. It, w- it doesn't want to uh, spend the third one, infaq, of your money and time. This is also going out of your comfort zone, right? Like it's, it's against the nafs to give. The nafs wants to take and it's greedy and shuh, right? Uh, and Allah says, وَمَن يُوقَ شُحَّ نَفْسِهِ فَأُولَاكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ What is shuh? There's a bukh, like a bukh, bukhl of the nafs, greed of the nafs. Okay. So who, Allah says, whoever is saved from the bukhl of the nafs is indeed successful. And of course, hajj, has anyone done hajj here yet? No? Extremely challenging uh, endeavor, yani. Let it's easy. And in hajj, Simultaneously, you're doing all of these things. 
you're spending money, a lot of money, you are giving your time, you're going to be praying, disciplined, you have to wake up, you can't miss a salah in Fajr, yani. uh, in, in Hajj, you can't miss a salah, right? unless you have an excuse of course. But extreme discipline, hard, yani they say Hajj is like the combo of self-discipline. And then there's uh, service also requires discipline, doesn't it? No? Uh, taming the nafs. And the nafs like wants to chill at home and watch Netflix and you know. But going out of your way to serve, to help people, to deal with people who are going suffering, injustice, uh, spending your time for a cause, to help the du'afa, al-misakin, al-muhtajin. All of that, you know. And I mean, we're not living in those times, but the Sahaba had to fight wars, yani, you know, to defend themselves and their families. But that's where the service comes in. Yeah. So that's one part of the work. What do you notice about these? This is all part of like the Islam and the Ahkam, right? Like in the, in the previous slide. Mlahdin, Islam, Ahkam, Maqasid al-Shari'a. So, when you teach this stuff to people to do, right, which is Arkan Islam al-Khamsa, these are the five pillars of Islam. If you just teach this without teaching al-Maqasid, without having a plan for the liberation of the soul, it's, it's, people are not going to do it. People will not make sense of it. They'll be like, what's the point of Salah? Uh, what's the point of all of this? You know, it doesn't make sense to them. That's why start with the why, start with the objective, and then balance it out with liberation of the soul. Which is, what is that? It's really the need of the soul is, you know, a sahba. That's why gatherings like these are, and you, you can't compare them to virtual gatherings. There's an energy here, there's something else going on. Yeah, sahba. Um, that's why the Sahaba are the Sahaba because they had the Sahaba of who? The Prophet ﷺ physically, you know, like literally, they were his companions. Um, and then you have also um, Dhikr. Dhikr is one of the primary ways to liberate the soul and to feed the soul um, because. The soul came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? It was in his presence. It came into this body. It, its food is dhikr. And the more you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more the ruh gets satisfied. And, um, and that's the feeling you get when you come to a gathering like this, right? There's this feeling of, you can't really explain it in words, but that's the food for the soul. And the ultimate dhikr is Qur'an, Salah. Why Salah? Because Salah, you have to read Qur'an in Salah. You're doing tasbih in Salah. Your body is moving in specific motions. Every, every part of you is submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then of course there's the nawafil, the prayers, athkar, sabah, al-masa, like the supplications. But then there's also the awrad aspect of it. The, when you are prescribed a specific dhikr to do under the guidance of a, a shaykh or a teacher, which has its own, traditionally it has its own unique benefits uh, because it is passed down through tajruba or through experience. 
في هاي الساينس عندك اذكار الصباح والمساء عندك سبحان الله الحمد لله الله اكبر عندك المعوذات شور Great point, um, and I think we'll conclude with this. But um, it relates to the point we discussed earlier between the nizam and the system versus you're on your own and like you're experimenting and chaos disorder. But traditionally, how have people been trained to do dhikr or trained to do salah is through the under the guidance of a sheikh. And I think that's something that's missing in our part of the world. Like traditionally, kill yani, look at the Sahaba, who was their sheikh? Prophet Sallallahu who was the Prophet sheikh? Jibreel alayhi salam, exactly. And you go on and on and on, there's always this student-teacher relationship that is uh, like a support system. Insan bruha tara, yani, saab. You know, I'm not saying you can't get there, but you want to climb Everest, you want to go with someone who's already been there and someone who can bring you back down, bad, safely, <laughs> safely, bad. That is al-farq bin hatta fil gym. You go alone versus you go with a personal trainer. You um, you say I'll watch YouTube videos about heart surgery versus I go to medical school for <laughs> seven, twen- twen- twelve years. <laughs> yeah, نفس الفكرة يعني. there is a science behind it. There is a curriculum. There is there are teachers who are specialized in this field who will make your job easier. You don't have to, you just have to follow the system, plug into the system. So, all of these are systems. are systems that Allah has put in for us. The discipline, the nafs is. They say, they say, Alaf is um, the food that they give to horses. يعني. What do they call it? Hay or chili? Exactly. Alaf. يعني don't. If you give too much to the horse, it's gonna keep. It's gonna go crazy, right? فقلل, يعني withdraw, hold back to discipline the nafs and kathir min al-ta'at, which is to liberate the soul. Zikr, a word of Quran, yomiyan. Even if it's half a page, listening to the Quran is different than reading. Another يعني, impact on your soul. Gatherings, sohbah, 
having a teacher, having a set word that you do regularly, very important for you to progress on this path. Yeah. Fa, yani, I'm done. So these are the three um, objectives, three aspects of objectives. Every surah you read in the Quran, every ayah of the Quran is going to touch on one of these three. You know? And uh, when one understands this, when one understands objectives, then everything makes sense. Everything makes sense. Uh, there's no more doubts left. There's no more confusion. There's no more, um, why do I need to do this? Khalas, kitshi wadah. Fee system, fee. And I wish I knew this stuff when I was 10, yeah, you know? Uh, I felt today, let's just talk about this. Have it in your phone so that next time when we talk about different surahs, you, know, you notice Allah in one surah, He'll talk about one aspect. Other, He'll talk about another. And it's like a jigsaw puzzle they all come together to give you that whole beautiful uh, framework that nizam that divine system that uh, we call deen yeah. all right guys i'm done thank you for coming and thank you rayana